the diamond I realized the that I'm here to be This is one time I The Empathy Museum presents A Mile in My Shoes. These shoes are black low heel ankle boots, put on with the zipper with a fox crock at the ankle and elastic side panels. They are well worn, practical and comfortable. Who wears this boot is an elegant lady with indispensable wardrobe for any occasion. These shoes belong to Emily. This is her story. I lived in the suburb all my childhood. When I, I had the opportunity to, to go live in Paris, during my last year of uh, university, I took it. I just wanted to be anonymous among many, many people in a big city. And it's also where I met my boyfriend five years ago. One day, he just uh, told me that he had an opportunity to go live abroad. It was not easy for me to tell myself uh, we will live separately for two years. I, I couldn't imagine it. But at the same time, I, I was not willing to, to leave Paris for London. I, I would miss my family, my friends, uh, and I work in, in publishing, so, so French is not just my native um, language. It's also the source material of my job. I knew if I left uh, Paris for London, it will put an end to my career in some way, and it was hard to accept. But at last I, I decided to take the step and to follow my boyfriend. I gave my notice to my company and I just had almost two months between the moment when my boyfriend already uh, arrived in London to work and the period when I would be able to uh, join him. And during this period, uh, I did many round trips from Paris to London in order to move all our stuff to the new flat. The trip took around nine hours and um, I traveled alone, so I had time to um, look at the other passengers. I began to uh, create this game for just for myself <laughs> uh, to try to guess about the life of the, the other passengers. I was um, trying to guess if the, if the other passengers were French or British from another nationality, mm -hmm. if they were students or just tourists. After a couple of round trips, I, I think I, I began to, to be very um, successful to guess <laughs> who was who. <laughs> but one time, I didn't manage to identify one passenger. We went for a night trip uh, to London. I just showed the tickets to um, a man from the coach company, just was uh, on the steps to enter the coach. I noticed a man traveling without any backpack and without any suitcase. He was sitting at the, at the front row of the bus. We were not uh, many passengers. From Paris to London, the coaches were quite full, but not this evening. 
I think not many tourists because tourists are very excited to go uh, on holidays and they are talking a lot during a night. There was no, no one talking. So it was very calm. It was even comfy at this time. <laughs> I remember the driver turned off the lights of the bus. So uh, like most of the passengers, I, I, I fell asleep. I wake up because the coach was slowing down, so the rhythm of the, the coach on the road just changed. And when I wake up, I saw big lights, street lights all around us. I noticed that we were arriving um, in the port of Calais, the city in France uh, from where the ferry boats are, are traveling to join both countries, France and, and the UK. I could only see a bus stop at the entrance of the port, a big building um, with um, night guards at the entrance, and I think it was a building for customs. I looked at the time, it was 1.30 in the morning, and there was two people waiting at the bus stop with a suitcase, so I just assumed, okay, so we will just uh, take new passengers and then uh, boarding in, in the ferry boat to, to go to Dover. The driver went out of the coach in order to open the luggage bay for the new passengers, and then I don't know what happened. The passengers uh, didn't put their suitcase inside the luggage bay. Instead, they stepped away from it and looked puzzled. At this point, the passenger I couldn't identify at the beginning of, uh, of the trip, the one sitting next to, the, next to the entrance, spoke very loudly through a walkie-talkie. He went out of the bus and then we heard movement. Many passengers in the coach wake up. I think we were all trying to guess what was happening. The fact that we could see only a bit of uh, the area because we were inside the coach, created um, a weird atmosphere, uh, a tensed atmosphere. Then we heard the dogs. We heard dogs coming closer to the coach uh, and barking. And we understood that they had climbed inside the luggage bay I was still in, on my seat inside the coach, but I could hear them beneath. It was kind of frightening. It was the only sound in the port. In the coach, other passengers were also asking each other about what's going on? Do you know what's going on? Uh, uh, do we have to get out of the coach? Do we have to stay? Nobody told us what to do. At the beginning, I thought um, the dogs were searching for, for drugs. And then we saw a man getting out of the luggage bay. He was around 25 years old, I think, he was young. He was a stowaway, willing to cross the border illegally. And, uh, and that the man who traveled without any luggage was a police officer, but without a uniform. 
I was frozen in my seat. I, I couldn't believe. He went out and uh, he didn't turn back, didn't uh, talk to anyone. He didn't try to, I don't know, to, uh, to negotiate. He just went away. Like he knew that he couldn't do anything more and he just went away. It was uh, heartbreaking. The police officers, they just called back their dogs and waited for the guy to leave the area. And then we were allowed to enter the port. While the, the coach were entering the port, I could see through the window the stowaway. What struck me was his backpack that was very flat. And I couldn't imagine what he had brought with him during this trip. Uh, I wanted to do something, but I didn't know what to do. So I just stayed in the in the coach and um, and we took the ferry uh, to Dover. They didn't speak to this guy. They didn't ask him if he was okay, uh, if he needed anything. They could have maybe bring him to an organization who help migrants, uh, providing them food or shelter for the, for the night. There are plenty in Calais. Uh, and they just left him here in the middle of the night in an unknown city to spend a night in the cold. Hours later, we arrived in Victoria Station in London and we all uh, collected our suitcases from the luggage bay. And I was thinking of this man um, hiding, traveling among suitcases like, like a suitcase and not like a human being putting his life at risk to cross the border and to go to a country where I didn't want to go. <laughs> this trip was my last coach trip to London and it was the beginning of uh, a new life abroad. I had many belongings with me this day, two big suitcases full of books, crockery, clothes, because I felt Maybe these personal belongings will help me to uh, accept my new life and maybe they will make me feel at home. And uh, again, I think it was uh, something that made me remember of uh, the man in the luggage bay with this flat backpack. Now when I hear on the news about um, stowaways found in lorries at the border or migrant boats arrested or worse uh, migrant boats with uh, people who didn't make it. I think about this man. When I go to Paris to see my family and friends, I, I think that I, I'm very lucky to be able to do these trips and to go back to see uh, the people I left behind because I know that some people, some people don't have this chance. This podcast is part of the GLA ESOL Plus Arts Project, a collaboration between City Lit Adult Education College, Empathy Museum, Boldface and storyteller Ariane Hegelius. The project explores how ESOL and the arts can work together to promote English language learning in the UK capital. The music in this podcast was Romance by Krawanda and So You Think This Is Just a Dream by MMFFF. 
It also included songs from Beatle Muse.